We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN. Featuring No Other Pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright. And Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, reunited with my good buddy, Daniel Kuzer. Dan, it has been a couple weeks since you and me have been on here together, but uh, what is going on, my friend? Reunited, and it feels so good. (laughs) Dude, it is, uh, I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, shit, you're right, because the prior week, you were gone, Yep. uh, and then I was gone doing tech rehearsal shit for a musical and a uh, big star over there big star bro lost my voice last weekend that's a whole other story but uh soldiered through and got the yeah. shows done you know uh man you guys you and kevin held it down me and chris held it down uh sure. this this podcast doesn't miss a beat when it comes to friendly faces that want to step up and help so there you go that's true. Yeah, you uh, you sent me a picture last week of you with your Darth Vader mask trying to uh, restore that voice. Bro, so. I had a little steamer <laughs> with a little, there's like this little Vix vapor pack that goes in there. And it just, I was steaming for like 15 minutes every two hours. Um, and it's not, I can't, I can't explain to you as, as a performer, as a vocalist, uh, how I really had to alter my singing voice mm-hmm. to sound good I, I had to sing in a different way because if i sang the way i like to sing it was froggy it was creaky it was it was going away <laughs> the first night it started to go away wednesday night i i was at uh i close act one with a really big song and i go back Ooh. to intermission and i start fucking crying bro i'm fucking crying because oh, no friends and family are out there it's people who know me and it's the people you care to impress the most you don't yep. give a shit about strangers. Yep. You care to impress the people you know. And so I'm just, everyone's like, you're fine. What's wrong? I'm like, it's gone. It's fucking going. Uh, turns out it's a little bit of a bug. It's not just a voice. I think it's a, a bug of some sort. I don't know what's going around. Pneumonia, bronchitis. I don't know. <laughs> Everything. Everything. It wasn't COVID. I thought it was COVID because I let out a little toot the other day. My wife said it was gross. And I, <laughs> my wife said it was absolutely terrible. And I said, I don't smell anything. And I was like, and then it clicked. I was like, I don't smell anything. <gasps> COVID. <laughs> no, you're just that used to your own brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buddy, I was trying. I was like, what do you mean? I think you're making it up. <laughs> <laughs> what if she was just gaslighting you just for kicks? Right? Just like doing some kind of Munchausen's or some shit. I don't even right. know, man. Exactly. Uh, hey, yeah. it's coming back and I'm here to do this pod. So uh, there you go. go, man. And we, yeah. we went to media day today, dude. We did. We were Again. out there doing journalism. Hell of a time. Yeah. We talked to a, a lot of players. We're not going to hear sound clips from every single interview, but uh, we got clips that we're going to play for you uh, from Peter Vermees in his press conference. He had some I'm updates on to see who made the cut. Oh yeah, yeah. You you don't even know yet. I'm gonna surprise you what the exact clips are. But we got we got sound bites from Peter. We got sound bites from Johnny. We got sound bites from Roger, and we got a little something from Willie. You know, Willie's oh, yeah. just a fun dude. 
Uh, so. Willie seemed like he just wanted to hang out. Like oh, he wanted man. to be friends, you know, uh, yeah. we can talk about that in a minute. I, I, I <laughs> by the way, he, he went to do a super cool handshake with me and I botched it. I botched oh, the handshake, no. bro. I blew it. I saw you guys did a cool thing. Oh, and I was no. like, I was like, I'll do the cool thing too. And it went into like a regular handshake, except mine was like all wimpy and, and not quite uh, oh. a man. You know, it was, it wasn't great. It wasn't the key and peel sketch. He just went in for the straight handshake with you. No, it well, I think I went for the handshake and I, I saw you got you guys are too cool. And I'm like, well, I'm clearly not, I guess. So I blew it. It's okay. There's there will always be another chance. I'll get a redemption. Don't worry about that. I'll get a hug and a kiss, you know. Probably. <laughs> so uh before we jump into uh media day, and we'll talk about the game first. I know there's not a ton to talk about in terms of action on the field, but there's some things to talk about from the Colorado game and whatnot. Uh, if you have not yet left us a five-star rating and review, please do so. We got to read one last week. You were gone and we finally had a new one. So Kevin and I read I that new review. That pissed uh, me no off. new ones this week, but leave us that five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'm uh, so mad. Yeah. I know. I knew you would be. You knew I would be, dude. I listen to you guys and I go, these motherfuckers. Like I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> I was like, they're going to read it right in my face. <laughs> yeah yeah of course we did um but i'm curious to get your thoughts because you know we had the first game of the year against portland played pretty well didn't get the result we've all talked about that you know you weren't on here to give your reaction but i think all in all and after hearing from peter and roger today which you'll, you'll hear a little bit later of uh team played pretty well against portland and then maybe there was some expectation although even though the team played pretty well we talked about it last week kevin and i did the online discourse maybe not the best around the team because some fans are still a little uh, apprehensive after uh, where we finished in the table last year. So going to Colorado, Colorado uh, had just been shellacked 4-0 by the Seattle Sounders. And so going into uh, Colorado, hoping that you can get a result. And they did get a result, but there were no goals scored. And I think that seems to be the main talking point through two games is okay. What is the deal now? 180 minutes played plus stoppage time, really no great chances on goal through the Colorado game. There were what? 11 shots, I think. Um, and five of them, I believe were on target, no goal scored. So how are you? I mean, again, lay the groundwork here. No, Johnny, no, Alan Polito. No, Gotti Kinda. How are you feeling two games in, no goal scored? We got one point through two games heading into a big one at home here. How, how are you feeling? I mean, you should be feeling fine, right? I mean, as far as like you had two road games and you drew one of them. I mean, it's it's the first two games of the season. So like, <laughs> I, I think you just, I think everyone's trying to overanalyze um, when in reality, there's a lot of, great things. I mean, I think that looking at the past two games as a, as a whole, I think Eric Tommy went full out beast mode a couple times and was he just did. like, like Thanos, I'll do it myself, you know? And yeah, uh, just, yeah, Eric Tommy's inevitable, bro. Uh, <laughs> I feel that uh, I, I think John Paul's camp is a beast. Uh, I think he's really showing up strong. Uh, Tim Milia had high praise for John today, um, which is so tough, right? Cause he's like, he's your competition. Right. Um, I, all I know is that if anyone's got my spot that I want, it's gonna be tough for me to say good things about this person. I, I don't know. Is that that's not a good teammate, but like I want to be that that starting spot, you know, I don't, it is hard. It's different. Um, but that it's it's called being a good teammate. So good on Tim. Uh, I clearly would not be good. But I think <laughs> that uh, I think a lot of people are overreacting, bro. Don't don't go head up the Facebook comments or the Twitter like uh, social media is not real. We all know God forbid this. Reddit. Reddit, yeah, that's uh, it's poison. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's not a good place to be. So, uh, but we did. You know what? You can't look too far ahead because this point last year we were saying the same bullshit. Hey, gotta calm down. Only mm -hmm. two games, and then you know, end of May happened, and we were like, we might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the thing for me, I'm I'm not making any. I I, I tweeted this. I'm not 
making any definitive conclusions about this team through two games. Peter, he even mentioned at media day today, he goes, I'm going to sound like a broken record. You've heard me say it before. It takes 10 games to really figure out the identity of a team, sort of get in the swing of things, which I think is fair. Uh, the thing that I, I would love to see this team work out is Willie has been sort of on an island on his own these first couple of games. And it's hard to really pin down the exact reason why uh, he, he maybe is trying to do a little bit too much through the first couple of games. Um, but I also think defenders maybe are, are marking him a little bit differently. When he came into the league last year, he was sort of an unknown and he scored what eight goals in 10 games or whatnot. So now he's got all that hype. Uh, but if you look at the passing chart for this last game, he really didn't have any connection at all with Daniel Challoway, with Kyrie Shelton, uh, with Marinos Janis, uh, with Eric Tommy. With, the only person he really had a connection with was John Pulskamp, <laughs> probably on goal kicks, and uh, a, a little bit from Graham Zusi. So um, I don't know. Is that just a function? Do you think that's just a function of this team just trying to figure out their stride and get back into what it's like to play together in a real game? Um, that's kind of what it... It's kind of what it feels like, right? I mean, but, uh, you know, he says, feels like a broken record, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's He says it every year, it takes 10 games. Do you think he'd be saying that if we were, like, won the first three games in a row? I think so. I think Peter, think so? yeah, Peter's the kind of guy who I don't think he gets too high on the highs, and I don't think he gets too low on the lows, unless there's a real reason to. Like, mm. if this team played like they did at Portland last year where they just kind of gave up on the field and then the floodgates opened and they scored like seven goals or whatever it was. If like, if that was happening, I think Peter would be ripping a new one, but like he was preaching patience today quite a bit. Um, he was preaching optimism today quite a bit. And I think conversely, if we had you know won these first two games, let's say in the way that St. Louis did, I think Peter would be out there being like, yeah, obviously we're glad to have six points through three games, but we can't count on, defenders passing us the ball right in front of their goal every single game that's not sustainable so you know i think he's pretty good at, at sort of looking at things in a level-headed way yeah so yeah totally um you know i i haven't gotten to watch uh these games in their entirety i've just kind of caught bits and pieces of it uh, i've been busy but i think that uh it doesn't sound like i missed a whole heck of a lot uh, especially at the Colorado one, except making William Yarborough look like uh, MLS best 11. <laughs> well, that's what's so interesting. And and, and Daniel Shalloway even kind of like made a joke about it today. We were talking to him at media day and he was like, yeah, we put William Yarborough in the, you know, what they're calling team of the match day now instead of team of the week, which I think is really dumb. Are phrasing. you serious? Yeah. It's player of the match day and team of the match day. Huh? That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Andrew I didn't Weeby know this. tried to say, well, it's because all the games are on one day now, so it's just a match day. And I'm like, this sounds terrible. I don't so, like it. Yeah. It's still team. Of then the just week. call it game of the day. Like just making it two syllables feels weird. Match day. Team of the match day. Rolls off the tongue. Team of the week. It was it was TOTW, right? Yeah. Like that's what they were calling it. TOTW. Hashtag, hashtag TOTW. Now, oh my God. I don't know if I like that at all. Yeah. Sounds Things very are changing. Team. I hate change. <laughs> uh, but but Shallowy, who's like, yeah, we kind of, you know, we made Yarborough team of the match day. Um, but if you look at... He did at, not say match day, though. He said team of the week. He did say week. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to adopt the new terminology. I, I get it. I like get it. It's, you the know, more you say it, the more you'll get used to it. And uh, It does sound very British, though. I don't know if I want to... Like, team of the match day. What are they? I mean, I understand man of the match, I guess, but like man of the match makes more sense. I, there's yeah. just something about team of the match day. Well, especially because the first week it didn't make a whole lot of sense because we had games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So I'm like, team yeah. of the match day, except there's three match days. So will all games be on the same day every week? Most of them are gonna, the vast majority of games are gonna be on Saturday. Yeah. Cause Apple has these set like times and windows. There are still gonna be a couple, one or two every so often on Sunday, depending on like linear TV windows. And then the weeks that there are some uh, Wednesday games, because as the season, there's hmm. the Open Cup, there's the League's Cup. I mean, there can be, for an MLS Cup winning team, depending on how far they go in these other competitions, there can be nearly 60 games this year between all the competitions. It's a lot. Wow. So well, That's cool, man. Have you enjoyed the Apple broadcast? I have, yeah. I think so. Um, I talked about this a little bit with, with Kevin. 
the first week that MLS 360 show, which I think we all kind of thought was like their NFL Red Zone show, left a lot to be desired. It was a I little mystery that. science theater 3000 need like watching them watch the game from behind. And there were a lot of interviews, a lot of talking or whatnot, uh, a lot of missed action. Not really credit, like Red Zone at all? No, not at all. Credit where credit's due. I think they couldn't fix everything. There's still commercials, which I think is something that throws everybody off. But they drastically changed just sort of the overall presentation week one to week two. They did the quad box where you had four games going at one time. They broke into the audio from the individual games a lot more. So you're not having, you know, Sasha Sasha Kleschen and Kalen Kyle talking about, you know, what Adrian Heath likes to eat for dinner on Sundays while there's a goal being scored at, between St. Louis and Charlotte. You had the actual audio from the game like they do on red zone. So that was a lot better. So, you know, a, a, a significant improvement week over week. I feel you. I, I think that uh, I think they messed up when they let people start comparing it to red zone. Someone mm-hmm. should have shut that down immediately and been like, no, 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 this not is not going to be like red zone uh, because that puts a lot of expectations on it and a lot of pressure mm-hmm. like, oh, so no commercials, just hours of soccer back, you know, cutting yeah. away and stuff. And it's really not that at all. I mean, that's the whole thing. You turn on Red Zone, you hear, you know, uh, Chris Hansen be like, and now seven hours of commercial free football. And you're like, yes. And that's not what it was, but, it, you know, they're working on it. So, exactly. Um, you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events, the list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. You know, the Colorado game, if you look at the XG for the game, I think this is where we got 11 shots. This is kind of what Daniel was talking about. 11 shots, but the total team XG, according to MLSsoccer.com, is 0.7. There was not a lot of true quality chances. There was one in the 62nd minute, uh, Eric Tommy, because, of course, he was kind of flying down uh, the field. He got a shot off on Yarborough, and Yarborough uh, pretty easily parried it away, and it bounced right to the feet of Willie Agata. Uh, Willie Agata fired it back. It wasn't a great shot. Yarborough kicked it away, but unfortunately it wouldn't have mattered anyway because Willie Agata was flagged for offside. But that was really the only chance for Sporting Kansas City of any real threat. Uh, the game ended 0-0. It ends in a tie. Uh, we get a point. So as we said, one point through two games. And now you're heading into the home opener against the Los Angeles Galaxy, who have only played one game so far because their first game against LAFC, which was supposed to be at the Rose Bowl in LA, was postponed due to weather. Hmm. So we don't know a whole lot about the Galaxy, but let's play this out as a hypothetical. 
let's say you get three points at home against the LA Galaxy in the home opener. If I tell you before the season, we're going to have four points through the first three games, we win the home opener, and we get a point between the two road games between Portland and Colorado, I'm signing up for that. I don't know about you, but that's no. you yeah. take it. That's a great idea. That that sounds that's great news. You know, let's you, do it. You hear it and you're like, sweet. So uh, I just I tell you what, talking to these guys at media day today, they uh, they all seem pretty jacked up, man, as they should be. Uh, they, the Children's Mercy Park oversold their freaking tickets. They got standing room only, all that stuff. Uh, I had to sell my tickets, man. Very sad. Very sad. I'll have you know, I did not mark them up, though. I did not make a crazy profit. Um, I could have. You could. I have. absolutely could have. But I wanted, I wanted it to be a decent deal, but all, but also not be less than what I paid. So it's a little more than what I paid, like per ticket. Sure. But not like outrageous, right? Yeah. I had to move them. I'm not just. I didn't want Saturday to come and be like, still have these tickets. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I hear you. Bad deal. Um. Quotes from Peter about the Colorado game. You know, he was asked after the game about the team still looking for its first goal of the season. He kind of said this again today at media day. Uh, He said, I'm not worried about it. It's very hard to come on the road like we have two games in a row and then also get the one postponed while we were already away. We didn't have good preparation this week because of the short week and having to travel home. We had to change so much of our itinerary. It was excellent for the guys in two games to get at least a point on the road, which was good. We could have done something in Portland as well. The good thing is that from a performance perspective, it is good. We're building. It's early on in the season. We have quite a few guys that still have to get back into the team as we're missing eight players. So I think that's a relatively fair assessment of the game. There's, as we said online, a lot of discourse about people not being happy, especially Peter just signed this new contract extension and he didn't win the first couple of games. But it seems like level heads are prevailing within the organization. Yeah. I, I also, I can't imagine how that is. Cause they, they didn't go to their first game from home. They weren't here. Nope. They went straight from preseason, mm-hmm. which is pretty freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't get to have a regular ass schedule. I, I, why'd they do that? Well, they were gonna just train all the way in Arizona. They didn't want to, they, they, I mean, when they're creating the schedule, I imagine they don't know what weather's going to be like. They don't want to fly to call it. Ironically, they don't want to fly to a Kansas City, have weather potentially mess up being able to get to Portland, um, train in the warm weather as as much as they can get up to Portland and then before coming home. That's gotcha. I'm, I'm assuming that's what the thought was. Makes uh, sense. But they did. They, they had to plan for another day and they're mm-hmm. not they're not home to just like add another set of clothes or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like that. That's interesting. You know, And you always when you go somewhere. I don't know about you. Do you usually pack like an extra pair of sock and underwear just in case you? I try. Yourself? Yeah. <laughs> so not because of that reason, but you know, <laughs> sneak that one in there, dude. I'm I'm wheezing like fucking Snidely Whiplash <laughs> over here, or his dog, or whatever. I'm I'm not okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm sure it was tough. I mean, I don't think they got there until Saturday in in Portland, and the game was originally scheduled to be on Saturday. So it it was definitely different. I mean, it, it seemed like it was cold. We t- Willie today when we mentioned the weather, he was like, "Oh God, it was so cold." You see his eyes? He just goes, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah." He, he didn't was like so it. annoyed by that weather. He didn't like it. Nobody liked it. And, and yeah. even Roger, we were talking to Roger after we were done uh, talking about the interview, and and you know he was saying it was even cold in Colorado, and he's like, "It sucks because you wear the long sleeves to try to stay warm, and then you start getting sweaty, and then the sweat makes you cold, and so you got to wear short sleeves, but then you're cold, and you're running around, but your hands are cold." And hey, that I was, was like you. That was a why didn't you have college that in Colorado? <laughs> that was no other pod science corner with Roger Espinosa right there. I know we weren't recording at that point, but I was like, you went to college in Colorado. You should be used to it. He was like, nobody ever gets used to that. Yeah, so. you said don't you get used to it? And he was just like, uh, do you ever? Like, <laughs> right? It's cracking me up. <laughs> what a silly thing to say. Yeah, we cut Roger at the end of the day, and I think he was uh, he was just letting him fly. So we'll, we'll have that audio here in just a little bit. But uh, you know. Overall, I would say, and I'm sure we're going to get some comments about this, but like I would tell people to relax. I know we said this last year, but I truly think if you watch what's going on on the field this year compared to what was going on last year, um, it, it's different. It's it's a different set of circumstances. And uh, Peter Vermees, uh, he talked a little bit about that at Media Day. He was he had a press conference. He talked for 
30 plus minutes. I think I looked at my recording after it was like 33 minutes of audio from Peter Vermees, both in English and Spanish. And he talked about what it's like to be dealing with so many injuries that the team has been dealing with this offseason and what some of those players coming back. And he gave a little bit of an injury update uh, for, for the players that have been out. And I want uh, I want us to play the audio from what he said during the press conference where he's given sort of an update from these players and, and what to expect. So let's kick it to that audio right now. So we have eight players right now that either fitness or returning. So I would say over the next two months, we have eight players that will be returning to the team. Amelia, which is, he's back to, I mean, he's going to come back pretty quick here. So Amelia, uh, uh, Ndembe, Leibold, uh, Radoya, um, uh, Polito, Kinda, Russell, and then Rosero, who we just signed. His is a work permit, and then it's a little bit of an adaptation period of him getting in. But I would say over the next two months, you're going to see all those, like an example is, um, Allen's in full training right now, which is huge. Um, it's just a matter of fitness for a few guys. Um, Leibold and, and uh, Nemanja or, or Radoya, those two, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fitness thing. They're close. And I, when I say fitness, I'm talking about 90 minutes of being able to play. They're, they're close, um, but they're building as well. And Dembe had, had kind of got hurt twice in, in, in preseason. Um, so we're taking him a little bit. He'll probably be one of the guys that comes back at the end just because we're going to take it make sure that when he gets back, he's, he's good to go. Um, but even Gotti Kinda, um, the stuff that he's doing physically on the field is tremendous. He's just he, – he needs fitness, you know, being out a whole year. You could ride the bike. You could swim. You can't swim, but you could ride the bike. You could uh, do all these different things, even run. The bottom line is you have to play soccer to get soccer fit, and he needs that piece of it. He's close to being in full training. Um, like I said, uh, uh, Allen is, and they they look very good. And, and what's really great is there's no issues with their knees at all. It's all just, um, you know, uh, how they recover from the, the overall general soreness and everything in the body. But outside of that, the guys are flying along. Um, Rosero is a, is a, is a uh, P1 visa. It just takes – it's just a period of time. We can't really do anything about that. Um, but he should be here soon. That what I hope is based on the fact that their season is similar to ours. He, already, he has already been through a preseason, has played a few games already. So the objective is to try to keep him as close to that kind of fitness as possible. So when he gets here, it's not a matter of fitness. It's more a matter of just getting adapted to the way that we play and, and then he can get indoctrinated to what we're doing. But I, I'm excited because over the two weeks, you're talking about adding you know eight quality players back to the team, which is huge. So there you go. If you're, there it is. I think this is something that, you know, at least I know I've been talking about and we've had conversations offline about that's a key difference between where things were at last year versus where things are this year. Think about the players that he mentioned there. Alan Polito, Gadi Kinda, Johnny Russell, um, Nemanja Rodoy and Tim Leibold are two new signings that have high expectations for them that haven't been able to make appearances. Danny Rosero, the new center back that they signed out of Columbia, who uh, it's not an injury concern, but it's, you know, he's getting his visa issues worked out. But he said, you know, the the season in Columbia kind of matches up with where uh, the MLS season is a little bit. So he should be not so much a fitness concern, but just getting acclimated with the team. So that's essentially two one or two significant players on every single line, maybe two if you count Leibold, who's made a couple appearances, but two significant players on all three lines that have yet to make an appearance for Sporting Kansas City. Whereas you think about last year when we were going into the season thinking, you know, maybe we'll get Polito and Gadi Kinda about a month into the season. And then suddenly it's like, nope, never mind. They're out for the entire year. That's where to me, I think my optimism for the season comes from because this team is going to get better as those players integrate. You're not suddenly scrambling and trying to find a Voinovich or, you know, a replacement for Jose Mari who inexplicably has to leave the team due to lack of effort or whatever it was. And, and then you're stuck without anybody. It's exciting, right? It just, it sounds like more firepower on the way. Uh, people waiting in the wings that next, you know, uh, it, it's like a level up coming. It feels like, um, and you know, just talking to Johnny Russell was great too, man. Like he just 
no one wants to be able to help more than he does, you know, and he's, he's very excited to, to get healthy as well. So, yeah, um, Johnny Russell, he, Peter mentioned him briefly in his update, you know, he, he, as one of the eight players or so. Um, but, but Peter didn't go into a lot of detail about what Johnny's injury was. And, and we did have a chance to talk to Johnny uh, himself. And uh, you know, you asked him how tough it is for him to, to, you know, have the, the, the fiery heart that he does and want to be out there and play. And, and he, you could tell he's just like, <clears throat> he's so ready to go, but, but they're taking it slow with him. And, and he talked a little, a little bit about what his injury update status is. And we have Johnny's words himself sort of giving us an update on, on where he's at fitness wise. Yeah. After the, the scan, the sort of okay. estimate, okay. estimates, okay. five or six weeks. Um, so he's been, <laughs> been around about three now. So <laughs> we're not quite sure. Um, you know, we've spoke a little bit about all going, everything going to plan, um, what, we, what we'd be hoping for. But we just need to wait and see how this sort of next week goes. I think the next week is really. An important one. Um, if everything keeps progressing and obviously start doing a little bit more in terms of on-field stuff with the ball and maybe a little higher speed stuff. If that goes well, then I think it puts us in a, in a good place to to get back in. Um, but like I said, it's, it's just something that we need to sort of take it day by day and, and see how I react to the things that I'm doing. But I've had, I've had no problems so far. Everything's everything's went as well as it could have so far so that's that's a bonus um, as frustrating as it is you know I, I don't think I'm too far away so that's good not too far away not too far away it's interesting because Johnny did say they're taking it a lot slower than they normally would with him if this was the middle of the season if this was near the playoffs he might be out there right now I, we didn't talk about this explicitly with Johnny, but I have a feeling that sort of what happened with Alan Polito in particular, they're trying to make sure that nothing like that ever happens with another player again, because Peter said Alan got injured with the national team a couple of times. And we've heard Peter talk about that. Alan was really never fit, but he mentioned today that when Alan was playing with that knee injury after the game, they'd have to be draining sometimes 40 cc's of liquid out of his knee because of just the injury he was dealing with. And Peter's begging him like, Hey, go see a doctor. Let's do the surgery. And Alan wanted to keep playing. Eventually, obviously he had that surgery, but it seems to me like they're just trying to make sure that they don't go down that same path with any of the other players, Johnny included, because mm -hmm. they don't want that to happen. Absolutely. Um, it's probably frustrating for the player, but uh, since it's early in the season, you know, they want to get going. They want to start off on the right foot, but uh you also want to have a long, a lengthy season. So, yeah. you know, do it, do it the right way. Yeah. Oh, not something we didn't hear from Johnny. Uh, apparently someone who works for sporting Olivia, uh, her sister works for uh, on the show outlander. Oh yeah. And Johnny <laughs> said he was trying to get on the show. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause why shouldn't he be on the show? Like he'd be perfect. Yeah, it, that's pretty funny. You know, I know you yeah. and him have, have shared that Scottish connection about yeah. the uh, the show Outlander. Absolutely. And yeah. all the nudity in it as well. Absolutely. <laughs> but he, he elaborated a little bit more on his injury. He said it was in the last minute of a preseason game and he stretched too far for a ball. Yeah. He probably shouldn't have stretched for and didn't need a stretch for and then injured his hamstring. And, and He said then, there was like a minute left in the game. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, I, didn't I need to do don't know why I did that. But that's that's that human component everything is uh uh we're always thinking about like oh woulda coulda shoulda shoulda done that shoulda done this mm -hmm. why did that why did that have so stupid you know and uh that was just kind of interesting to hear from his perspective yeah because that changes was. everything that one little second he's not going to be playing in the in the galaxy game he said he'll mm -hmm. be up in the box watching which is the most frustrating part from him as a leader and as a competitor he wants to be with the guys on the field but um you know but as it sounds like you know he's he's getting there it's quick it's interjection did uh did the Zussi did Zussi's any voice is, did he make a cut today? Any I don't ones? have any Zussi clips that we okay. can play, but then I want to mention something real fast. Um, I think I get it now. I get it, and I'm gonna be real human and and honest with everybody right now. You had told me before we had Graham Zussi on. Mm. You said I'm not sure that he would be a great interview because he has spoken in the locker room and has been kind of. I don't want to say bland, but kind of tame, kind of very well media trained. Well, media trained, 
And I get it, buddy. I get the kind of person he is because today you saw it in a Q&A setting. Mm-hmm. He's very media trained, very maybe uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is uncomfortable in a Q&A setting? You're looking at him, me. I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. I can rock a, a conversational Q&A very well. And I'm very friendly and down to earth and fun and can go back and forth with somebody. But I think that's why I like Zussi so much that I think we're very similar in that way. Yeah. Um, just something to point out, man. Like it's uh, we're all different and we all have our comforts. And because when he came on here, we had a freaking blasty blast. Right. It, it was a fun yeah. time. So. And that's why you're slowly transforming physically into Graham Zussi. Uh, am I? Is that the hair situation? <laughs> <laughs> I'll like I'll start curling the shit. I'll come in. It'll be like springy curls. <laughs> you get the beanie and everything. You'll have plants just behind you. Yeah, if if I don't comb it at, if I don't comb it after the shower, it will kind of curl up a little bit. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain, educate, inform, KC Sports Network. Uh, so with the injuries, you know, the, Johnny says he's coming back. Peter says they're coming back soon. There's optimism. And Peter elaborated on that optimism a little bit. He gave sort of what I, I called a, a 2023 outlook, if you will. Um, but he talked about really in a little bit more detail, the difference between where the team is now versus what was happening last year and why he has some optimism for this year. And I know people are freaking out a little bit. So I think it's worth playing in Peter's words, his audio and sort of what he's looking for uh, throughout 2023. The fact that we're getting so many players over the next two months and they're going to be fully fit is so much better than coming into the season and all of a sudden finding out they've got a kid to camp. You know, it's supposed to come back in April and now it's not going to come back the whole year. We're in a much different position in that regard and the kind of quality that we're adding into the team. And again, no disrespect to any of the other guys. It's just that those those are different players when you put them on the field. And so um, um, we look at it as... We're in the mix, and that's what, that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep being competitive, and we're going to keep growing from game to game to game. And as I told the guys a million times, we're not, we're not playing the short game, but we're playing the long game. Um, it's not about just what we do in the next game, but how do we get better from that game to the next game. And I thought this past game, there were certain aspects of our game that we were better than we were in the first game, but we didn't get exposed. Where in this last game, we made some mental errors, but John Poolscamp came up really big. Uh, but that's what you need your goalkeeper to do. And so those are big benefits to the team as well as you move forward. I think he articulates it pretty well. I mean, this is, you know, the, we're playing the long game here. Yeah, man. And it's he the had, long game. He'd even mentioned that, like, we've had moments in the past. Where we've peaked in June, peaked in July. And then it kind of falls off a little bit. And so he's he's really looking at that slow build over the course of the year because uh, you don't want to burn the fuse too hard at the, at the front end of the season and then end uh, where, where you, you know, you, you're just not fit anymore. But you also don't want to do what you did last year where they just dug themselves too big of a hole. And as good as they were the last couple months of the year, it was just too big. They couldn't dig out of it. So Yeah, 100%, dude. I think that uh... – you know, I like the question that you asked about. Uh, you didn't play anything. Any goalkeepers? Any, yeah, did you already? Oh, uh, we that? got that. No, we got it coming up here. Oh, is it coming up? Okay. Yeah. No, let's hey, talk about it. Sometimes I I fizzle out, man, and I'm like, did did he talk about this? No. Yeah. Yeah. We we <laughs> you know I, I think it's a good com- topic of conversation because Tim has been such a reliable goalkeeper for this club for so long, and then John Pulskamp stepped in at the end of last year, played really well, and they were sort of this off season question of what is going to happen with that position going forward? And then John's played really well for these first couple games. So we asked Peter, what's the situation like with the goalkeepers right now? And what's that competition going to be like uh, when Tim comes back in the relatively near future? And, and I think he had a pretty interesting answer here. I think that we're very fortunate. We have three goalkeepers now that, you know, obviously John or Tim has had a lot of time here, right? And has, has been the starter. So his experience is immense. John got a lot of great experience last season, and and so did Kendall. And all of them have proven that they can do the job. It's good to be in that position based on the competition that we have in front of us because just like the rest of the players, at some point, you know, 
it's going to be overload. Too many games in a row. Now, the, now the good thing with them is usually physically, it's not like they're running all over the field and you have to worry about the heat and all that kind of stuff. But there is a, 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 a mental aspect, right? There's this high level of concentration that they have to have. Like I said earlier, if you're not taking a lot of shots and then all of a sudden the 89th minute, you've got to make one save, that means you're in, you have to stay in the game. And so I think it's great that we have a combination of guys. Um, look, Tim is, is – is a very good goalkeeper. He's a, he's a very good goalkeeper in this league, and he's been very successful for us. So all of those guys are constantly going to be battling, and the competition is excellent, and we'll continue to play you know, how we see fit as we move forward. But I don't have any preconceived notions in my mind like this is the guy or whatever. It's, it's a constant battle, just like it is on the field, and it will continue to get that way on the field based on the return of all those players over the next few months. Constant battle. What do you take most from that? Because I think he, Peter's very diplomatic in how he answers questions. He doesn't sure. want to tip his hand really in any way. I think no. there's, there's maybe a couple of things here and there. You can try to read between the lines a, a little bit. But what's your, your biggest reaction when you hear the answer to that question about the goalkeeper competition? Well, he's never, he's never going to name the guy, right? He's not going to say, this is the guy. Because he wants practice to be competitive every day. He wants yeah. to imply that it could be anybody. It, it yeah. could be, it could be Tim this weekend. We don't know. Um, I think we all kind of know that pulse camp's probably the guy for right now um, until he makes a mistake. I, okay. We got to talk about something real fast. Um, he mentioned also, you know, Ben sweat would never make that mistake or whatever. I did not get to see that. I don't remember if, if you guys talked about it last weekend. What, what mistake did Ben Sweat make? So Ben, the just, goal, sorry, the goal went between Pulse Camp's legs, right? Yeah, it did. It was for the second time in his career. Sweat just kind of uh, got caught in between a decision. I would say he was uh, the ball was going down the right side of the field, and and Sweat sort of had position, uh, boxing out the player uh, on Portland. I forget who it was. If it was a Vander, their new designated player, whoever it was. And, but the ball really wasn't, it wasn't clear that the ball had enough momentum to truly get out of bounds. If, if you're doing well and you're real physical, you might be able to hold the play, uh, the, uh, um, the, the Portland player off until it goes out of bounds. But it seemed pretty clear that that wasn't what was going to happen. So Sweat basically kind of had a couple options clear it out off the side of the field for a throw in or just kick it out. And yeah, you give up a, a corner kick, but, but at least you, you get a chance to reset your defense or whatnot. Sweat kind of didn't really do anything and kind of just got muscled off the ball. And suddenly you had the Portland player with a free ball down uh, inside the 18 yard box, right on the touchline. Um, and he was able to pass it back to Mosquera who got a free shot off on, on pulse camp. So he made him. Yeah. So Peter's saying that, okay, John's there and he's like, great. My defender's doing what he's supposed to. He's got the position. He's going to clear this ball out. We're going to be able to reset. And then Ben sweat didn't do that. And then, when Ben Sweat got muscled off the ball, he also didn't really hustle back. So Ben Sweat mm -hmm. was the player who held Mascara onside, even though he looked like he was offside compared to the rest of the Sporting KC backline. Okay. So, and as a goalkeeper, you should have that trust in your defender. And so when that kind of thing doesn't happen, you can lose a little trust in your defenders. Yeah. Okay. See, I think it's really easy to look at goalkeepers and say, wow, that goal just happened and went right between his legs. Yeah. Like how embarrassing for him, but in this case, not necessarily his fault. I mean, Peter talked about how he, yeah, he goes, I got a little patience for that. Like, is it a save John should make? Probably. Is it a situation John should have been in that changed on a dime? Uh, no, he shouldn't have been on that situation. So yeah, he got um, up and yelled right at Ben, didn't he? Yeah. And I think he, he at first probably was going to yell at the AR and then realized, no, like Ben held him on. Ben should have cleared it. So, and this isn't the pick on Ben sweat in necessarily, but uh, gotcha. that's just the context of why that happened. So I, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think Peter would try to gas up Tim a little bit and like, look, Tim's real good. Tim can step in. Tim can still be the guy, but Peter also is a very, uh, I guess you could say streaky coach in that if somebody's playing well and, and uh, something's working, 
Peter is more likely to take that one game too long than he is to shorten it. So I don't see any reason that John Polskamp is going to give up uh, the number one spot anytime soon, unless he has a howler of a game or something happens. Uh, we might not see Tim Melia until we start getting into some of those open cup games or leagues sure. cup games. But then he even mentioned Kendall McIntosh. He's like, we got three keepers who can play well and Kendall played well at the end of last season too. That's true. We ain't talking about Kendall, are we? Um, and not for any reason other than there's three good goalkeepers here, you know? So, right. But yeah, like you said, though, Peter's not going to show his hand. We just have to assume that it's probably John's position to lose for right now. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've, we've talked about sort of the situation of, of the team coming out of these first two games, going into the, the home opener. Um, we talked to Roger Espinoza a little bit about as a veteran presence in the team, um, as somebody who started those first two games in Portland and in Colorado, uh, what he's feeling uh, as a player. Um, and and he sort of gave his assessment of the Portland and Colorado game. And I think, again, I don't know if this is going to calm any fears or whatnot people have out there in the, the internet sphere, but I think obviously Roger is somebody we all know and trust. And I think his analysis of what happened in the Portland and Colorado games is very interesting and, and worth listening to. So let's hear from Roger. If you watch soccer and you watch the game and – you watch both games and then you really, really, really do evaluation of the game, then you're going to realize the game. And, you know, in, in Portland, we lost. Yes, everybody wants to win. I want to win too. But I'm looking at the way we play, you know, because if you play the same way every weekend, at the end of the year, you're going to end up with the most points. I guarantee you that. But if you win a game and you play ugly and you're happy because you won that game, you play ugly, I guarantee you next weekend and the week after, you're not going to win playing that ugly because another team is going to beat you. So if you watch the games and like you're saying, you know, those games, you know, we didn't win the game and then we went to Colorado and we tied and we got a point on, on the road. That's very difficult to do, especially in a place like Colorado. So for me, I always look like how the team is playing. Uh, you know, if I, you know, I was actually more happy leaving the game in Portland than the game in Colorado. Um, and the reason being is, is people are going to say, how come you lost in Portland, you tied in Colorado, you got a point. Well, in Portland, I was happy because the team played well. Being the first game in a very hostile environment, Playing on turf, you know, cold, uh, changing the game time, game day—that's not easy to do. You know, that's not easy. You gotta uh, change your schedule right there, and you gotta, uh, you know, improvise. Let's say. And so for me, I was very happy for that game. Colorado, you know, altitude pisses me off because it's kind of difficult trying to do the things you can. They were even gassed at some point. It was 20 minutes. It was us. 20 minutes. It was them. Uh, I feel like we needed to score a goal, but here we are now, and I'm happy with what we've done so far. And now I play Sunday and you evaluate how the last three games have been. And then from there we can move on. Dude, my favorite, first of all, altitude pisses him off. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, whoa, altitude, what'd you do? Uh, but first thing first, uh, he, he, it's how you play and you see how you play and like everyone wants results. Yes, yes, yes. But he's not unhappy with the way they played these last two games. Mm -hmm. He sees the results, Portland, shitty deal, man, giving up a goal in the first 10 minutes, but almost having a couple goals later on in the game, uh, Colorado, all those shots on goal. I mean, getting open. I'm excited, man, to, that he's excited that that makes me hopeful. Um, and he's right. If you, if you have quality games, you'll, you'll get the points yeah. and then sometimes you won't. As fans, sometimes we want to make it a zero sum game. Did you win or did you lose? That's it. And, and right, soccer is one of those games where it's it's not always that simple. Not always that simple, man. It's not basketball. It's not football. You know, basketball, you got to score a ton of points, right, to win a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, football is very back and forth as well. But soccer is it's just different. Yeah. It's different. It could be a barn burner. It could, there could be a seven-goal match or there could be nothing. Yeah. If you play as well as you did against Portland and you control the game for 80 plus minutes the way you did against Portland, more often than not, you're going to win. And that was his point, which I, I appreciate. Uh, and obviously, they should have. I mean, they should have. When you brought up that header from Willie Agata, he, he did not like that you brought that up. He was like, <laughs> he's just like, you had to do it, didn't you? And I'm like, that's him. That's what Jimmy does. He pisses people off. Willie cracks me up. Well, we haven't scored a goal yet and and we we didn't even bring it up to roger but roger had a little prediction he wanted to make about the first goal of the year 
if you do play this weekend, which, you know. I'm going to score probably, a goal. You, you're going to be the I'm first gonna goal I'm going to score a goal, man. Okay. Yeah, there you go. We're going to go for a goal, bro. Okay. Okay, I just got to say it, right? If I don't score a goal, then you never put that out there. That's right. If I there score a goal, is that Roger oh. told me. And Roger called it. He called a shot. <laughs> I'm going to score a goal, bro. That's what, he, <laughs> that's what he said to you. That's what he said to our faces. Right. And I wasn't even talking to him at that point. I was going to ask him about the clip we're going to play here in a second, which I wanted to ask him about the midfield and Ricky Pooch yeah. and, and, you know, Chicharito and whatnot. And he's just like, no, nah, goal. I'm coming. He's like, I'm scoring. And it's like, cool, man. And, and if it happens, I love it. I love Roger. We, we talked to him at, at, toward the end. And I think he was, you know, and, and Roger's always great, but I think he was just firing off and having fun. And, and He might have been ready to wrap up and get the yeah. hell out. He's like, I see some other guys have been let go. Um, what, what am I still doing here? <laughs> Why am I still here? But we did ask him to preview the LA Galaxy game because I thought his, Roger might have a future in analysis because I thought his analysis of the Portland and Colorado game was really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. He was feeling a little feisty in his preview of the LA Galaxy game. So, uh, we asked him, what do you got to do to stop that midfield? And, and here's what he said. What do you have to do to try to help slow down a talented midfield like the Galaxy? Kick people. <laughs> so, no, you know, we, we pretty much, you know, are a team that likes to keep the ball. And so, you know, as much as you think, you know, defending, I think the best defending is keeping the ball, uh, trying to keep them away from the ball. Um, you know, trying to slow the game. If they're trying to go fast, you know, drop. Uh, you know, for us, you know, in the middle, I always said to the guys in the middle, if I get the opportunity anytime I'm there, that if you win the middle, pretty much you give yourself a very, very good chance to win the game. Um, and so I always take that to heart. I always try to get the guys going because, you know, we want to win the middle. That's what's going to make us happy at the end of the game. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times we have won here, you know, we're always always as simple as that. You're always in between the offense and defense. So if we do everything well right there, both sides are going to be happy with us. So for me, uh, you know, if we keep the ball, that's going to help us a lot. It's going to give me a lot of energy uh, or give my teammates energy to be in the field and, 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 you know, serve energy, reserve energy until the end of the game and to have a, a better outcome to win the game. Kick people. Kick people, dude. That is the, I mean, put that on a shirt. Kick people. We should. We'll just sell a shirt that just says kick people. I don't see why not. I mean, that is the slogan. (laughs) You put that in quotes, kick people. Well, Roger Espinoza, no other pod. Like, why not? I might have to make that design and upload it to our store. (laughs) Um, People will wear that shit. I I mean... I thought he was going to just stop there, which was hilarious at first, yeah. especially with his, you know, red card Roger reputation, most red cards in the history of the league, you know, it's on brand, but I mean, he's right. We're a very possession oriented team. And I think sometimes people think well, you got to do something with the possession, which is true. You, you know, it's not just passing it back and forth between the center backs, uh, but against a team like the galaxy who Peter said, they steal the ball anywhere on the field. And then they run like hell. They go fast. The best best offense sometimes is or best defense is a good offense if you keep the ball away from them and don't get, don't do it. Robbie Volader's done a couple times and and nearly give the ball away in a da- or give the ball away in a dangerous spot and make Pulse Camp stand on his head. It's going to be a lot better. Bad deal, man. Roger takes a lot of pride in that midfield, and he wants them to know like that ball is ours. Yeah, we keep it, we distribute it. You know that don't let them have it. He's going to be key, I think, and, you know, I'm assuming he's going to play. That's what we started the clip. Like, you know, you're probably going to play this yeah. weekend because, you know, Rodoya, it's, it, he might be getting close to fitness, but probably he's not going to start. He might appear as a sub or whatnot, so it's probably Roger again. Mm-hmm. He's going to be key in that box-to-box role and trying to slow down uh, some very talented Galaxy midfielders and, and a very quick Galaxy team who – uh, they lost to Dallas last week, so but we don't know what to take from that because it was on the road and they missed their first game. So uh, there's some dangerous pieces there. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the last few clips or last couple of clips, I guess, we, we talked to Willie and I just want to play a couple of clips from Willie here because um, I think it shows two sides of Willie here. We, we talked about how um, he... He mentioned the, the, how cold it was in, in Portland. And so uh, this is him talking about uh, coming back to Children's Mercy Park, playing in front of the crowd and the home opener, and just how excited he is to get back in front of uh, the Cauldron and Sporting Kansas City fans. You excited to play in front of the home oh, fans? Oh, bro. We're waiting, bro. We can't wait for weekends. No, let's go. <laughs> Hopefully a little warmer than it was in Portland. Yeah. Oh, bro. I don't want it to get cold like that, but... <laughs> 
But again, you know, we just need to keep it real, you know. We need just to keep going. It doesn't matter what the weather is. We just need to go out there, you know, and represent, you know, sporting. You know, that's our home, and then we just need to defend it all the time. You know, it doesn't matter about the weather, but hopefully it's to get, like, uh, nice and chilly weather, and then we'll be good, you know. Yeah. I need you to know something. As you asked questions to Willie, he answered them while looking directly at my eyes. Exclusively at you. Never you. Never <laughs> you. To where I was like, I do appreciate being included, but uh, I wonder if he thinks I'm one hell of a ventriloquist or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I did notice that. So I we had a connection, him yeah. and I. Like, we connected, bro. It's just hard not to feel his energy when he's just like, oh, bro, it was so cold. Like, he's just so, he's doing backflips on the field. He's kissing Peter Vermees. He's dapping you up. He's calling you bro. He's Dangerous making eye contact. Direct I mean, eye contact with you. Just, um, just lovingly. Just, but, it was insane. I mean, I think it was palpable with all the players, how excited they are to get back in front of the fans at Children's Mercy Park. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, on the flip side of Willie, he, he's a very intelligent player and, and he trusts Peter so much, so much. I think even just in the, the, the back half of the season last year, you saw when he kissed Peter, how appreciative he was to have the opportunity. And Peter talked a little bit about in his press conference as Willie's maybe tried to do a little bit too much. He said the same thing about Eric Tommy, but Willie sometimes tries to do a little too much and needs to pull it back a little bit. And, and sometimes that gets you a bit more involved. So mm -hmm. we asked Willie, what were your thoughts on, on what Peter said about sometimes trying to do too much and, and the advice he's given you? And uh, I thought Willie had a very insightful answer. Okay, to be honest, he's right. You know, you know when you have this, uh, this you know, good coach behind you, he always sees your weak side and your good side. So whenever he says something to you, you just need to you know, be patient and listen to him the most. You know. Well, you know how players, you know, we always want to do more. Like we, we always, yeah. Sometimes we lose the the focus, the right channel. But again, you know, we still want the same thing. He wanted us to win. We always want to win also. But sometimes being a little bit patient will take us to that, you know, promised land that we always want to scoring goals, just like he said. But you know, again, you know, that young boy wants to score a lot of goals, you know. So. You want to touch every That's ball, and then he he always tried to you know make me to stay in the diet so that it to be like more easy for me. But again, I want to touch all the ball. I want to help the team sometimes. But he want me up there, so but I feel like he's right, and I will try you know and listen to him the most so that everything will you know, put in order and stuff like that, and we keep winning. Well, he said the young boys got to eat, so yeah, that's, hopefully you'll <laughs> get like on the dog eat, man. I think what's interesting though, he mentioned, he's chilling, like, bro. you know, chilling, bro. Uh, your, your coach sees your weaknesses sometimes when, when you don't. And he, he clearly trusts Peter and he's like, yeah, Peter's right. Sometimes I'm trying to do too much. And sometimes I just need to listen to the, what the coach is saying and put trust in him. And, and that's what you got to do to be able to get back to that goal scoring ways. You mentioned that I, I asked him about the header earlier and he, you could tell it was eating him up, but he was like, but that's behind us now. Like we're going to look forward and the goals are going to come. So I just appreciate Willie's uh, ability to, to trust in the manager and, and put uh, all of his faith in the club and uh, the style that Peter wants to play. And, you know, it, he's ex he was excited to play with Alan and Gotti, who he's never played with yet. So I think it's there's big things coming. So we'll see. Johnny even said himself that this is the most talented attacking unit that he's played with since he's been here at Sporting. And that's been, what, like six years now? So yeah. I been a bit, man. I, I just I was thinking about that and I was like, it sure as shit is, uh, especially with everyone coming back, getting healthier. Yeah. So I don't know, man. This was kind of like a, this is the first time we've done this on on the Sporting KC side, no other pod, where it was kind of like almost a a, a roundup show of, of what we did at Media Day. And, and I mean, we didn't even play what we got from Tim or Daniel or or um, Gotti or we talked to a lot of people, but uh, it was cool to be out there. It was cool to see the players. They're clearly excited to be back out in front of the fans at Children's Mercy Park. Um, and, and I'm excited to be out there on Saturday and, and, and see the energy at the home opener and, and hopefully get a win against the LA Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, it's LA Galaxy, man, so anything can happen. But uh, we beat them at home many times. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. You have a prediction for the game? I don't. I'm I'm in such a I hate that I have to miss these games right now. I'm just kind of not I'm kind of out of touch and and stuck playing catch up. So yeah, uh, 
I think that uh, I I think we get the win. I really, let me. I hope we get the win. I hope we get it. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh. I think they do. I think they come out of there with three points. I'm calling it. Uh, Trying to break the Jimmy calling that Roger goal. I don't know if Roger's gonna get a goal. I'd let man if Roger gets the first goal of the year after calling his shot on no other pod. We got to tweet out that clip and and hopefully make it go viral. And what's what's the T-shirt going to say now? Uh, kick just kick them, kick people, <laughs> kick people. Roger Espinosa. I kick mean, he, I don't know if we can it, put his name on it because there might be you know a, a name, image, and likeness issue or whatnot. But true. I just like kick people on there. True. I like it. So I love it, man. Uh, you got anything else coming out of Media Day that you want to mention before we sign off here? Nothing out of Media Day, man. But I would be remiss in saying. If you haven't already, get your tickets to Something Rotten at Topeka Civic Theater running now until April 1st. So get on it, man. I know a lot of people are coming. I know some listeners that have reached out to me that are coming. So yeah, very, uh, very cool. Awesome. I had to I had to sell my Friday Night Smackdown tickets and a, a listener of, of ours uh, bought them from me. There you go. Yeah, okay. very cool. So very cool on the road to WrestleMania. I know. it. I'm sad to miss it. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you all so much for listening. Can't wait to see you out at the home opener Saturday night at Children's Mercy Park. Um, but yeah, if you haven't followed us on Twitter or Instagram at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03, at NoOtherPod, shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com, uh, or check us out, bit.ly.com slash NoOtherPod, and you might just see a Kick People t-shirt available for purchase or mug or phone case or whatever you want. Uh, I think I'm going to try to work on that design and see if I can't get that up there and and see if uh, that might be something people want. So, but uh, thank you so much. Until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. Just kick people, baby. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.